This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, May 18th, the Put Your Tongue Away edition. I'm Jamila Mew, a writer, contributor to Slate's Karen Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is 10 and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Zach Rosen. I make another show. It's called The Best Advice Show. And I am dad to Noah, who's five, and Ami, who's two. We live in Detroit. And I'm Maribel Quesada-Smith, a video and podcast producer. I also co-host the Pulso podcast. I'm a mom to Renzi, who's two, almost three, and we live in Phoenix. Thank you for joining us, Maribel. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for having me. Today on the show, we have a question about a kid who licks everything. We're talking clothing, counters, and even windows. Our letter writer is trying to be cool about her daughter tasting the world, but can't quite stomach it. We will, of course, also talk about our week in parenting. Then on Slate Plus, psychologists claim to have found the best way to raise happy kids, but the methods are unpopular. Here's a sneak peek of what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. Finding that balance is is an interesting question of like what is coddling them and what is loving them and where's the where's the middle ground. There are times when I'm thinking about the future and I wonder. God, if somebody ever hurts my kid, I swear to God. Right. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. I'm very protective and and I don't want him to be hurt. Of course I don't. But I, I think I need to learn that that's just part of life for him to be able to solve problems on his own and and deal with his friends and and learn how to set his own boundaries as well. Being a Slate Plus member means you get a bonus segment from us each week, unlimited access to the Slate website, and perhaps best of all, zero ad interruptions. You can sign up for Slate Plus now at slate.com slash momanddadplus. Okay, we're going to dive into our triumphs and fails of the week, but not before a quick break. See you here in a second. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. All right, we're back. Zach, what's going on with you this week? Do you have a triumph or a fail? Uh, it's been faily on my end. I was out of town last week doing some work. Prior to that, Ami, he got sick. I mentioned it last week's show. He had some mm-hmm. kind of virus. He was throwing up a lot. He recovered, um, and then like the the morning I left from my work trip, I started feeling crappy. I got whatever he had, and then I was like on this field reporting trip, feeling awful. Um, made it home okay. Handed it off to Noah, not my work, but the virus, whatever I had. Um, and then so like Ami missed all of last week's school, and then Noah. Uh, got sick this weekend, so it was just in time for her to miss yesterday's school. And now my wife is en route to a conference in New Orleans where she's speaking on this big panel. I'm so excited for her. And of course, on uh, the eve of the conference, she started to feel awful. Oh, no. Oh. So it's just been the baton 
of some kind of ambiguous virus. It's not COVID. It's been fine. She's feeling better. I felt better after 24 hours. Noah's back at school. So everyone's doing okay. Ami's back at school. But there has just been, you know, the, that, that, that terrible thing where it's like someone needs to be sick um, at every moment for like two consecutive weeks. That's, that's where we're at. But um, I, I hope that uh, this is the end of this current, this current one and that uh, Sheer is able to make it through her, her keynote without throwing up in front of a room full of physicians. So yeah, I mean, we're okay. Great, grateful that, that it's, it's not more serious, but you know, it's, it's always, it always stinks when, when everyone's sick. You can't call that a fail though. I mean, we get sick. Our kids get sick. They get us sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's a body fail, but of course. Body fail. Yeah. Um, But I'm starting to feel better. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What about you, Maribel? Do you have a triumph or a fail for us? I definitely have a fail. I I feel like I totally failed as a mom over the last couple of weeks. We just got back from three weeks of travel. We were on vacation and we spent three weeks in Mexico. And I know people are going to be like, oh, poor you. (laughs) (laughs) But but let me explain. (laughs) Let me explain. So I think that three weeks is way too long for a toddler or for Mm -hmm. an almost Mm -hmm. three-year-old to be out of their routine. And I learned that lesson the hard way because we were in Mexico and we were in three different locations. So three different bedrooms, three different bed setups, uh, different people everywhere. And he had a blast. But the problem was that he was so overly tired and just exhausted from not having his routine that he was even more whiny than normal and he was super attached to me like to the point where he wouldn't hang out with his grandma usually him and my mom are tight and he'll go wherever with her he didn't want to leave my sight he he was always like wanting to be with me everywhere i went if i disappeared for 30 minutes he was crying not that I just pulled the disappearing act, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Like if I went anywhere for yeah, 30 yeah, minutes, yeah. he just couldn't handle it. Um, so it was exhausting for me because mm-hmm. I didn't really get to have any me time for three weeks back to back, which was really hard. Um, so I blame that on my mental health because then I became the angry parent, which I hate. I was like the one always going, no, stop doing that. Or I told you to do this. My, my fuse was short. So I feel like I failed as a parent because I wasn't able to keep him in a in a routine that was good for him. Although he had a blast, still, you know, the the he was out of sync. And then I also failed because I really hate yelling. I don't like being yelled at and I don't want to be the parent who yells. But I was definitely doing a lot of yelling because I was so tired and frustrated. <laughs> Yeah, that so, yeah. maybe was a vacation for him, but that's not a vacation for you. No, it was not a. It was like I said, I don't want to complain about my it's three. Okay, week that's trip. what the segment is for. <laughs> but it was, it was great to see my family. It was great to see people and go to different places. There were many great moments. Yeah. But overall, it. I think I learned that just being away from home and from his routine for three weeks, it's probably not the best idea. I think maybe two weeks is a max. And next time I just need to figure out ways to get him to feel more comfortable, I guess, in new places. I don't know. I mean, this is all new. Yeah. And I mean, by next year, I feel like he could totally be more comfortable with, you know, the the lack of routine. Like it's, it's, it's very much a two-year-old thing, I think. So like, maybe he'll be fine next year. That's good to know. You give yeah. me hope. 
Yeah. Yeah. What's going on with you, Jamila? Oh, boy. So I've got to fail. And I feel awful about it. So, like, yesterday I picked Naima up from after school and she's all upset, you know, and she says that she got into it with one of her friends. We'll call her Erin. Erin is a year younger, so she's in third grade. They go to dance together. They're in the school play together. They're, or school performance, whatever this thing is. It's like a night of dance. And they also go to the same after school program. So they see each other quite a bit. Um, Per Naima, some words were said. They were playing a game or doing something, and they're not getting along. And the girl pushes Naima. You know, and then she pushes her another time and another time. And Naima doesn't push back. But what she does is she responds by cursing at her. You know, she curses her out a little bit. You know, and she says, like, I really didn't want to hurt her. And I am glad for that because I know Naima can fight. You know, she's got a younger brother. They squabble like Naima, you know, can handle herself in a fight. And so I'm glad that she didn't hurt this other little girl. You know, and that she thought she, that, you know, she was like, I didn't want to violate her personal space. Her, what did she say? I didn't want to violate her boundaries by hitting her, so I didn't hit her. And I was like, okay, well, that's really good, you know. But she hit me, and, you know, and she was really upset about it. And so, um, I, so that's the version of the story I get from Naima. You know, she cursed at her, and... So I call the girl's mom because I'm like, you know, they've got all these activities together. They're going to see each other tomorrow. Today, Tuesday night is dance until seven. Like, we should try to hash this out, you know, like maybe get them on the phone and they can apologize to each other. So get the girls on the phone. Mom's super cool. The other little girl tells Naima she doesn't want to be her friend anymore. Oh, no. You know, like, she's still upset. And apparently there was more to the story than what Naima told me. Like, the girl has a babysitter, and she's sensitive about having a babysitter. And she's sensitive about the fact that her mom doesn't usually pick her up. And, you know, and when the babysitter got there, Naima yells out, your babysitter's here. So she's in her feelings about that. And Mm -hmm. she claims Naima had yelled at her before she cursed at her. Naima says, no, I didn't. You know, she, she hit me, and then I yelled. And so... Whatever it is, this other little girl's upset. So I come back in the room because Naima was in the room by herself on the phone with her. And she's got her head down and she's all upset. And then she just starts crying. And she says she doesn't want to be my friend anymore. And she's my best friend. And I hate myself. And this is my fault. And so I even talked to the other girl's mom again, like, you think we can maybe walk that comment back a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm, and she's mm-hmm. like, you know, she's just in her feelings right. right now. Why don't we try this again in the morning on the way to school? You know? So I'm like, okay. And so I tell Naima, I fib to her a little bit. I'm like, you know, she still wants to be your friend. She's just upset. You know, I kind of implied that I'd heard the girl say that myself, yeah. <laughs> you know, fair. because she just needed peace. Like right. she was not okay. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, she still wants to be your friend. Like little girls go through this all the time. This is very common friendship stuff, you know? And so I spend the night trying to alleviate, you know, assure her that, their friendship is still intact, you know. And this morning I called the girl's mom hoping that she's going to be like, hey, it's all good, you know, we're back on track. And she's like, yeah, Erin's still upset. So I think she's going to need a little time. And I'm like, 
what is wrong with this little fucking girl? <laughs> how much time do you need? How much time do you need? Like, you've been friends for, like, three years. Like, how are you this upset over something so small? You know? And so Naima cried again. And, you know, more of me trying to assure her, like, it's not over. It's fine. She's like, I just want to delete her number and focus on my friends who really love me. And so I was kind of happy that she got out of the sad stage into the angry stage. Like, well, at least we're not crying. Like, you know, you can be mad for now. But, you know, when I dropped her off for school, she was still bummed out. And I just have been worrying about it all day. Like, I don't know what's going to happen when they bump into each other. You know, is this girl not going to speak to Naima? You know, is she going to tell other kids? And Naima was worried about that. Like, she's going to tell other kids that, you know, and then they're going to be mad at me. <sighs> That's stressful. I think that was great that you called her mom. Do you, might you be into like a sit down with the two of you and and the friend and and the mom for some some more intentional like mediation or is that overstepping you think um i would you know the mom seemed to think her daughter just needed time you know and i didn't want to overstep that right you know um and so i'm hoping that you know today she'll just have some time to herself and realize she loves Naima and let this go. Because it's I been, mean, it's I been how be, long? It's just been a day. Okay, okay. Yeah, it hasn't been that long. I feel like that's just a welcome into real life. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm being too harsh. But I feel like that kind of stuff happens in, in adulthood too. <laughs> yeah. Where like mm -hmm. people are really just in their feelings. They don't want to talk about it. They want their time. And I think there's a part of me that I, I identify with your daughter because I, I feel like I was the kind of person who got over things a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. And I had a couple situations like that where maybe a friend didn't want to talk to me anymore. And so what I had to learn was that everybody goes through their own process and they have, and they deserve the right to feel however they feel. I mean, and then there's, there's nothing I can do about it. Like I can't change their mind about how to see me or how to feel about me. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a, a lifelong journey and friendship to understand that because I've lost friends as an adult um, or I've had fights with friends as an adult mm -hmm. and then resolved them. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's an interesting lesson for sure. I think a couple more days, who knows, but I mean, I, I think that this girl will come around. I hope so. I hope so. All right. Well, we're going to take another quick break. We'll see you back here in a minute. All right, we're back. Let's hear our listener question. Dear mom and dad, my toddler licks everything. I mean everything. If she's looking out the window, chances are when she pulls her cute little head back, there will be a tongue mark. She licks railings, counters, and her own clothing, and mine. It's so embarrassing. From the doctor's office to restaurants, she can't keep her tongue off anything. It makes me want to vomit. I've asked her to stop, but I know she's exploring the world and having, as Elizabeth would say, a sensory experience. But I needed to stop. It's gross. Help tasting the world. All right. Uh, what say you, Zach? I totally understand not wanting your kid to lick the doctor floor. Um, that's fair. However, they're a toddler. And um, I did some research and like, this is extraordinarily common. So... It's it's a phase, most likely, and the, you know there. You've probably done your own research, but 
from what I discovered, there are a number of reasons why they might be mm-hmm. licking absolutely everything. Um, one, it's like it could be a comfort thing. It's just like this is um, hearkening back to the comfort of being breastfed. And like our letter writer wrote, it could totally be a sensory thing. Like this is how toddlers who, you know, can't yet uh, communicate with lots of language. This is how they are interested in experiencing the world. They might see you getting grossed out and be really interested in that. Like, oh, if I lick this, I am getting this reaction from you. So you might try experimenting with the ways in which you react. Maybe you try just to ignore it and you reverse psychologize them out of licking every (laughs) damn thing. Um, Another reason I read was they might just be mimicking their pet. Do you have a pet? Do you have a dog? Do they love the dog? Do they want to be like the dog? Maybe. Um, because that's another common thing. And uh, there's there's a pediatrician that was interviewed in one of the articles I read on Yahoo, um, Dr. Mona Amin. And she said, like, try to engage their, their sensory play. This is a form of sensory play, but try to redirect it into, uh, she said, you know, letting them play with shaving cream, paint. Um, edible sand, incorporate activities that work fine motor skills like feeding pipe cleaners into a strainer or pulling sticky notes off of a wall, stuff like that. Um, Another thing I read is uh, get them a chew toy, you know, or like um, (laughs) something that they can suck on that isn't just like pure sugar. Um, And that might hit the spot for them. I think that is so normal because I remember my kid going through a phase like that where he was licking certain things Um, But another thing that I noticed he would do was he smelled everything. And to this day, he actually still does when it's Mm. something new. Anytime Mm -hmm. he encounters something new, whether it's edible or not, he smells it first. And with food, when he started eating solids, he would smell every single food first, and then he would put it in his mouth. And so when I read this, I was like, oh, my God, this reminds me of that, you know, just having like other senses be included in the experience of learning the world around them. Um, So I liked, you know, your suggestions. I think the reaction has something to do with it, maybe as well. Um, But it's really cool to experience the world through your senses. And I think that one of the beautiful things of childhood is that you get to do that without necessarily always being judged because you're, you're a child, so you don't know better. So it's kind of like, it's, it's almost funny to me that, that the kid is doing that, but I understand the parent is frustrated. I think it's a phase for sure. Um, and they'll definitely outgrow it. But I also think it's so cool that they get to experience the world in that way as well you know maybe not the doctor's office floor (laughs) oh yeah i understand that (laughs) yeah i am it's it's a phase it's normal um one of the recommendations from dr amin was like to ask the kid like how else can we use this object besides licking it you know (laughs) so once they've licked something you know maybe pointing out its shiny texture or its grainy feel you Mm -hmm. know um you may want to carry some sort of uh minty i don't know if I mean, they can't really do a small, hard mint yet, you know, but maybe if you have, I mean, what's a good minty thing that a little kid could have? Because I'm like, breath fresh drops, are those going to be too strong, you know? But like, I was going to say, if you were to carry some, you know, 
emergency flavors with you so that you can redirect, you know? You can offer a snack if it seems that maybe, you know, I'm tasting things because I'm hungry. <laughs> but honestly, I think it is just a phase, you know? It's, it's their way of exploring the environment around them. And you're just going to have to grin and bear it, you know? One of the other recommendations from the doctor was, you know, as a last resort, ignore the behavior, you know, right. like don't reinforce it. Don't make a big deal out of it. Ignore it. So, you know, do your best to try and discourage. But if that doesn't work, you might want to just kind of act like it's not a big deal. Yeah, I think for me, reading it was so funny, because also reminds me of my childhood being so strict. You know, I grew up in a Mexican household. And culturally, just even sitting on the floor or like laying on the floor is gross. Hmm. It's like, you just don't do that. And we for example, being barefoot, completely unacceptable. Hmm. The, that's how I grew up. And so for me to see that there's a kid out there who's licking everything, oh my God, my parents would have lost their mind if that had been us. Those were just not things that we were ever allowed to do. Yeah. So it almost, to me, it's almost like, how cool to be that free, right? Of course, it's kind of gross. Yes, I understand. But I, I think it takes me back to that moment in childhood where I was not allowed to do certain things that many kids mm -hmm. just normally do yeah and then grow out of yeah i mean hopefully also they're building up their immunity <laughs> i, I have i mean i have um uh, a pacifier addict at my house my my two-year-old is but like if you're desperate i mean that's another thing to eventually get them off the the passy but like maybe try sticking a pacifier in their mouth um mm -hmm. and jamila what you were just suggesting about maybe a mint thing i just looked up something there's this stuff called zolly pops the clean teeth pops this is not um this isn't an advertisement, but there's these anti-cavity lollipops. Who, hmm. There's no sugar in them. They're allergy-free. So that might be another option. Like, you know, when they when they exercise some some self-control and, like, reward them with a zollipop, you could try that. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, if any of our other listeners have advice for this person, please let us know. Send us a voice memo or email to momanddadislate.com or call 646-357-9318. And that's our show. Please subscribe and leave a rating and review. That helps us add more people into our parenting community. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Mara Curry. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. For Zach Rosen and Maribel Quesada-Smith, I'm Jamila Lemieux. Thanks for listening. When you visit Arizona... Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.